Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, the Texas History Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wise. Thank you very much for tuning in today for a little bit of Texas history. Uh, This podcast is being recorded and released in early September 2021. I hope that uh, the kids, if any, have gotten back to school. I know mine are up and running. It was a busy August, and uh, we got a lot of Texas history stuff going on here at Wise About Texas World Headquarters. I've been doing a lot of speaking, which I enjoy very much. I'm teaching my class at Houston Baptist University again, which I also enjoy very much and uh, lots to keep us busy. I wanted to tell you I'm going to have an article published in the Texas Supreme Court Historical Society Journal coming up at this fall, and I'm going to turn that story um, into a three-part podcast, which is a little bit unusual, but it's a big issue, and uh, it's an interesting story, and it is directly relevant to today's headlines. So so, uh, stay tuned for that. I got uh, The only hint I'm going to give you is... uh, It's the late 1800s in northern Texas. Uh, But today I wanted to talk about kind of a fun story that I discovered. I've known about it, but I I just recently read about it again and thought that we ought to do an episode on this. This happened in 1909, and it involves the only natural lake in Texas, Caddo Lake, which uh, I hope everyone has visited. If you have not visited it, uh, you need to go up there and see it in northeast Texas. It's really beautiful, a very interesting part of the state. But in 1909, it became a center of commerce. So let's go back to 1909 in Caddo Lake and get wise about Texas. Caddo Lake is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, in northeast Texas. It's um, in Harrison County and Marion Counties. And it's about 2,700 square miles. Now, it's named uh, for the Caddo Indians, which occupied the area. And uh, the story, the Indians' explanation for the lake is that uh, a Caddo chief had failed to obey the Great Spirit, and the Great Spirit sent an earthquake to form the lake. A more scientific explanation for it is uh, that the lake was formed behind a huge log jam in the Red River. As you read Texas history, you'll find stories on these rivers of these huge log jams. And the only way to get rid of them really was uh, with dynamite. And the United States government did just that in 1874. The log jams are called rafts. So there was a big one on the Red River. There was a big one, very famous one on the Colorado River. And um, that was destroyed in 1874. But I kind of like the failure to obey the Great Spirit issue. But in any event, it is a very large freshwater lake in northeast Texas. Now, in these lakes, sometimes grow freshwater mussels. Now, there are various uh, kinds of these things, and I'm not going to go through the scientific names. But you have one called a wing shell. Um, that's actually a, technically, I believe, an oyster, but there's also uh, mussels called washboard mussels. There's wide-eye mussels. There's buttermilk mussels. These are all just different varieties of these uh, mussels, and they're good to You can eat them, um, but they're also used often for fishing bait. 
But there's one other thing that these muscles will do, and that is that they will form pearls. And that's exactly what the muscles in Caddo Lake were doing, unbeknownst to most of the people, or if it was beknownst to them, it wasn't really paid much attention to, until one day in 1909. Now, in 1909, when the people would use these muscles for fishing bait, sometimes they'd find these pearls. And of course, you know, if a guy found one, he'd give it to his girlfriend or a girl that he wanted to be his girlfriend, and they were pretty, and that's great. But in 1909, there was a Japanese cook that was cooking for an oil crew. He was working on the drilling rigs in Louisiana. The lake goes into Louisiana. And he found in 1909 a pink and white pearl. Now, these pink and white pearls are a little more desirable. And that pearl was worth about $1,500 in 1909. And that was a lot of money. The cook's name was George Murata. Um, he was from Japan, and he lived at Caddo Lake for over 20 years. Now, the rumor about Mr. Murata that was that he was fairly, or seemed fairly educated and cultured, uh, but really kept to himself. So, of course, you know what y'all start doing when that happens. People start talking about him, and they thought he was exiled from Japan or something like that, some sort of exotic thing. But he cooked on that oil rig, and then he ended up running a fishing camp for several several years and uh, lived there until he died. He died in 1946. So Murata finds this pearl, and the rumor was that he either offered it for sale or actually sold it to world-famous Tiffany's Jewelry. Well, $1,500 is a ton of money, so you can imagine that it got everybody's attention especially people that tried to make a living off that lake fishing or something like that. So people started flocking to Caddo Lake to try to find their own pearls. Now, when I say they were flocking, you got to remember in 1909, word didn't get around like it does now. So they were coming from other places in East Texas. And what's interesting about this is if you think about it, if people are farming up there and they're making a few hundred dollars a year on their farm crops, again, remember this is 1909, the idea that you could make twice that just by finding one pearl in one shell at the bottom of a huge lake, uh, that'll get you walking around that lake trying to find some mussels, I guarantee you. And you wouldn't have to find that one big one. You could just find several little ones and end up uh, at least breaking, even probably making a little profit in addition to the farm. So people started setting up camp by Caddo Lake. And uh, the wives would cook and maintain the camp, and the guys would get out in the lake and walk around and try to find these mussels on the bottom with their feet. And they, there's uh, one account that says that a, that a man and one boy could bring in a whole boatload of pearls, or excuse me, of mussels in one day. So they'd drag these boats with them through the lake. Now, of course, that raises the question, how did they sell them? Well, that was no problem. Finding pearls in the fresh water uh, was done in various other states, and there was a doctor from Arkansas whose name was Owen. So Dr. Owen comes down from Arkansas, and he sets up in a town called Morningsport, Louisiana, which was on the eastern side of the lake. And he said he would buy all the pearls that anybody could bring. So he'd set up under a tree, and he had this satchel, this bag of money. And if you brought your pearls, he'd, he'd assay them right there, and make you an offer, 
and pay you in cash right there. So that was a real good deal because you could be walking in the lake in the morning and walking around with cash in the afternoon. Now, these were not $1,500 pearls, but they were $10, 15 20 $25 pearls. So in 1909 money, that ain't bad. And don't get me wrong, there were some that were sold for a few hundred, but most of them were not. Now, of course, there was a lot of gossip around camp. Who had sold, how much, and who was getting rich. Some people said, oh, there was a million dollars worth of pearls sold. Uh, doubtful. Uh, one person was said to have made about 10 grand. You know how word gets around in these communities. But when you're doing this, of course, if you think about it, you're not going to tell people. You're not going to want to know people to know where you found the pearls. You're not going to want them to know how much you're making or what the pearls are selling for. And if you do get into a situation where you find some, uh, you're going to be as secretive as you possibly can be. So I'm not sure about all those rumors. Now, the season to find these pearls was the summer, uh, which helped because then, you you know, the farmers could uh, make that extra money and carry them through the winter. Uh, there was some rumor that some fishermen quit fishing and just went full time into the pearl business. One person remembered uh, seeing as much as many as 500 tents set up in these pearl camps. Another person who was there recalled that uh, you could see a thousand heads in the lake bobbing up and down trying to find these pearls. One, one person recounted a story of a game warden. Now, don't get me wrong. I love game wardens. I got a lot of friends that are game wardens. They do a great job for this state. But apparently this one had kind of a bad attitude. And he walked down into this pearl camp to uh, and started bossing people around. And some of these pearl hunters dragged him in the woods and convinced him that his business there was finished. So I don't know if that's a true story or not. But you can imagine a bunch of pearl hunters in the woods uh, were going to protect their camp for sure. Now, there's an obvious problem when you're finding, when you got a thousand people finding a bunch of mussels and looking for pearls. To look for the pearl, you got to open the mussel. And of course, that kills the, the mussel um, and you throw it away. So, what you've got, if you're going for the pearls, is you've got a tremendous amount of discarded mussels, which is shell and meat. Uh, so that was a problem. Well, they figured out how to solve that because one of the farmers that was involved in this deal brought about 50 hogs down to this pearl camp and set them loose. Well, that took care of the piles of mussels. Well, this Caddo pearl rush lasted about three years. And then uh, there was a dam at Mooringsport. I'm sorry, Mooringsport is how you pronounce it. Mooringsport, Louisiana. There was a dam and they... You know, the government ended up raising the dam in 1911. And so um, when they did that, uh, the lake level rose and all the shallow areas where they'd been finding all these mussels were now uh, under about a 10 feet of water. So the mussel hunting finally ended. There's a rumor out there that some people went to New Orleans and bought diving suits. Now, I encourage you to Google what a diving suit looked like in the early 1900s. I'm not sure I'd even put it on, much less get in the water. But um, they apparently thought they could dive for these mussels, and that did not work out very well. So the Great Caddo Pearl Rush uh, started and finished in only a couple of years. But for a time, it was a booming business on Caddo Lake. Well, that uh, wraps it up for this episode. I always like to tell you, uh, this is a segment of the episode called Getting There, where I tell you how to go see certain things. Caddo Lake has a wonderful state park. 
and it's located in Karnak, Texas. Uh, so plug that in your GPS and you can go to Caddo Lake State Park. If you want to take a tour of the lake, uh, there are several people that will take you out. Uh, the one I know about is Captain Ron's tours and uh, you get on a pontoon boat and go through the lake. It's really fascinating. It is a definitely a unique part of the state and well worth seeing. And if you want to walk through the shallow, shallow water, who knows, you just might find a pearl. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. Thank you so much for listening. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wise About Texas. And if you'd like to support the preservation and promotion of Texas history, go to www.patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Wise About Texas. And uh, get ready. We got some great things coming to you this fall. Thanks again for listening. Go out and do something for Texas today. And until next time, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.